Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corn Roof Podcast. It is Friday, which means it's time for podcasts and chill. I am joined by... Mr. Marketing Wizard himself, Pat Donahue, and our main man, my sidekick, Darth Kevin. We have a great Friday show. We're going to go into our pl- our six-pack picks. We're going to talk some Thursday Night Football, Playoff P, Dave Dombrowski, and Nate Oates. For those of you who don't know, he coaches at Alabama, and he coaches their other good, good sports teams. So we'll get rocking and rolling here. Gentlemen, rock night for your boys last night. Patriots, Rams, initial reactions. Pat? So, it's kind of that game that I feared. The the defense just kind of stopped our run, which is, I guess, what the team's identity wants to be now. Um, the Rams defense, that is. Um, our, the Patriots defense really couldn't get a... They had, what, one turnover, but besides that, they just couldn't stop the run. Um, just It was just a rough game to watch. Cam didn't really... I mean, Cam was Cam, actually. It was just... Bad throw after bad throw, and uh, Harris really couldn't get anything started until, like, the fourth quarter for a run. So, tough loss, but lessons learned. That, that was just bad to watch. Uh, Damian Harris missing a wide-open blocking opportunity for Cam, so Cam Newton got sacked. Uh, I think Damian Harris is just tanking for Mac. He just wants Mac Jones with him again. I'm honestly, I would love to see Mac Jones in the Patriots uniform because I know Kevin would be like the happiest man alive. I also know it would make Cruz so angry. <laughs> I, I don't know how happy I'd be because we don't have any weapons for him. That's the issue. I mean, if the Patriots, the Patriots are like a team where they're good enough in free agency, they could go get a receiver. That's not their problem. Their problem is drafting receivers, not getting them. So if they got a quarterback they actually could build around who's cheap, which is Bill's favorite type of quarterback, um, then, yeah, maybe go get a receiver. Maybe go get an Allen Robinson or a um, – who's the other big one coming out of free agency this year? There was another one. I can't remember. It was it was um Midwest team. Either way. Um, yeah, Rams defense is good. It's been all year. Inconsistent? Yeah, they, they do have games where they sometimes will struggle stopping the run or something pass, but they still have two all former all pros, uh, Jalen Ramsey and um Aaron Donald, and they have just good supporting cast around like John Johnson and the rest of that crew. Honestly, I'm not surprised by the game as much as I wanted to be. I'm like I could I could have seen I saw this happening, but I was like, Oh, it's more likely the Patriots are gonna keep on their hot streak. But in the back of my mind, I said to myself this before the game kicked off. I'm like, this is also the same. Pay- this is also the same Rams team that shut out like two decent offenses earlier in the year, and the Patriots have had a knack for not showing up some weeks. The- only this year. Usually, this is not. This has just been a year for New England fans as it is. So, 
I, I guess the biggest thing to me is just the Patriots. They should just really just focus on rebuilding at this point. Yeah, it hurts, really it hurts to watch. Like uh, I mentioned it, I think the one of the first times that I came on the show where it's like they need to figure out what they want to do. It's do you feel you know like to the to the organization? Do you feel like your team is good enough to even have a playoff shot? And if not, why do you continue to try? And why don't you at least like roll it back a little bit, get a better draft pick for next year and the first round, and then rebuild your organization because it desperately needs it like the offense you know who do we have for wide receivers and who do we have for tight ends like and then you know quarterback too it's like Stidham sure Stidham got to play last night but it's not like we saw a phenomenal performance by him um and Cam is just Cam it's not like he's the future for the franchise yeah I mean I've been saying they need to blow it up since long before the trade deadline I wish they would have traded away Stephon Gilmore get something in return for him uh, see if I hate saying this. Test the market for Julian Edelman. Yeah. Look, we'll send him. Get rid of Sony Michelle. I wish they had done that because yeah, this team even if they make the playoffs somehow as a wild card, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. That's the point of the season to win the Super Bowl. I never get why teams are like, well, they will be a fringe playoff team. Then tank. Get a good draft pick. Don't. Don't go, oh, well, like, we'll see what happens when we make playoffs. No, you're not getting past Kansas City. You're not getting – the Patriots would not get past any of the teams that make the playoffs out of the AFC except maybe the Steelers, and that's just because the Steelers are – like, barely win games against shitty teams. Yeah, they, they need to figure out something in the offseason. And, you know, in Bill we trust, I guess, but it. I feel like we should have seen this coming going into the season. And, you know – are we do we even now have like a playoff chance like or is it just like one of those like less than like 10 percent chances for playoffs to be like it, a it, the third seed uh, third wildcard team it was 21 percent last week so it's it has to be less than 10 percent now it has to be like they need to win out and then every team ahead of them needs to lose out so they need basically like a miracle Pretty I mean, that's, that's how it's felt since the start of the season anyways. Yeah, I mean, listen, my team ain't doing much better, fellas, so I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, sure. It's like preaching to the choir, you know? Yeah, yeah. listen, like, at least you're, you guys don't have a quarterback controversy. <laughs> and yeah. a GM who I literally want to put into a fire and score. No, I'm just kidding. I literally want to just hit with a freaking two-by-four. Maybe I'll knock some sense into him. Oh, my Lord. Um. So I'm looking yeah, at, uh, if the Patriots win out, there is a 34% ch- ch- chance they make the playoffs. Damn. If they lose to the Bills, that drops to 14%, like 13%. Uh, it's 16% chance if they lose to the Dolphins, and they're not going to lose to the Jets, I fucking hope. But like a 27% chance that they lose to the Jets but win the other two. You know what's really sad is this year, um, last time the Patriots made the playoffs was the Castle year, right? Yeah. Yep. This is the first time since I was a senior in college where my Eagles probably will not make the playoffs. It's it's not weird, but it's going to be really sad for the first time since I was 22 years old that no 21 still um that i will not see my team in the postseason and for you guys it's been almost a decade so it's gonna be a weird nfl playoffs this year and over a decade over a decade it was 2008 2008 pages went 11 and 5 the one year that the jets and dolphins decided to show up didn't win the division and then the last time they had more than seven losses or more was 2002 they went nine and seven and missed the playoffs oh that's right who won the afc's that year it might have been indy because they used to be in that division um yeah all righty nba news playoff p freaking heist in the uh la clippers for a max contract we talked about this on Sound Off, which will be released this weekend. I'm not trying to rush Mr. Kev over here. My man's got enough on his plate already. But 
the dude gets a max contract and everything that came out the past couple of weeks, you're talking about the like the fact that team chemistry has been lacking, all the stuff that Kawhi has been pulling when it came to just like his own practice times and setting things. George trying to be a vocal leader when he shrinks worse than shrink than uh, a freaking sponge in the playoffs. The dude's like just disappears. I, I'm right now. I look at this thing and this is just classic LA Clippers. I mean, I if honestly I wouldn't have extended George because I would have said, hey, like you want to play here more, you got to make sure that you can produce. And to me, last year was I, I don't think it's going to be where like. The first year of the LeBron Wade Bosch experiment, where yeah they made the finals but they lost. At least there was some promise there. They came back next year and won, and then the year after and won. I don't think we're gonna get that with LA Clippers at all. I think I mean yeah the Lakers aren't at, the Lakers I think got are still as good, but the West got better. It's it's weird. I, this the Western Conference this year is gonna be insane. The Eastern Conference got better. Like the Lakers stayed about the same because they lost some pieces but replaced them pretty well. The rest of the West, except for the Clippers, got better. So I don't know, Kev. What do you, you're you're the most basketball savvy in this podcast? What are you feeling about this? Uh, I think this is a good move for the Clippers. I'm looking something up right now because he was signed using bird rights, which means his contract does not count against the salary cap. Ooh. Okay. I was wondering what you meant, but last night by bird rights, I was not so sure what you meant completely because I didn't even know what that was until last night. So, bird rights. So basically, uh, it's named after Larry Bird. If you have a guy who's been under contract, I forget what it is. It's like three consecutive one-year deals or three-year deal or anything like that. Basically, if you've been on a team for three years, I think you your salary does not count against the cap if that's what they're signing you with. And then if they're traded, that still counts because technically that contract was with the team. So it doesn't count against a cap. It's I'm not sure how trading it would work, but it's a bird right contract. So I don't think it would count for whatever team he's traded to's cap. It, <sighs> this might be a move like, hey, here's your Supermax. Now, hey, teams, you don't got to worry about this guy for five years. We'll trade you to him. You get five years, Paul George. I don't think this means Clippers fans or Paul George are out of the woods with getting traded. I can still see him getting traded, whether it be a team who wants to pay that money or just a, a contract swap. What, my follow-up then would be, Kev, where would you think he would go? Like, Do you have any idea in your head where you think might be a good fit for him, a team that might just take a shot? Might be a good fit or team might take a shot. Those are My answers would be very different. Oh, I know. Okay, so give me one for each of you can possibly do it. The Nets were rumored to be sniffing around. I don't think that'd be – I think that'd be a horrible fit, but I could see them oh, taking God, a shot. No. I wrote something. I said it would be more tense in that locker room than the Yalta Conference. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Sad. But I can see Brooklyn just trying to load up on star power. Uh, I mean, style-wise, it would work. It's just that Paul George would have to accept that he's not getting the ball that much. He'd, he'd be a third guy. I mean, honestly, for his – shrink ability in the playoffs that might actually be a perfect fit for him but a team that i think could actually be a decent fit but i don't think they're going to do it based on previous deals they've made with veteran wings trading for them that did not work out because he basically bullied their players minnesota i could actually see paul george's game fitting well in minnesota you move delo to the one you move edwards to the two and you put george at the three or so you go small like ball a or you go small ball, Rubio at one, D'Lo two, Edwards three, uh, Paul George four, and then Cat uh, at the five still. I mean, I would love to have PG in Timberwolves blue, um, but the issue still remains. He would have to accept that like he's not the number one guy because as much as he thinks he's playoff P, you basically have they they're one of those Minnesota is one of those weird teams where. They have two number ones, and they kind of coexist off each other because they're best friends. Which is, I ne- I've only seen this dynamic a couple times. They're kind of, I'm not comparing them to Wade LeBron at all. I'm saying the dynamic between them because they are friends is kind of what Minnesota runs on between Cat and D'Lo because the two are like best friends off the court. So basically, they act like it on the court. So basically, whoever's the hot hand is getting the ball at the end of the game, but. See, I, I don't know if Paul George would have an issue with that. Like, yes, there have been complaints by his teammates about 
him getting preferential treatment, him trying to be a leader when he shrinks in the playoffs. But it's nothing like, oh, Paul George is a bad teammate. Oh, Paul George won't give the ball up. I can see it working. I think I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Minnesota is going to trade for him because I think they're still a little scared after the Jimmy Butler situation. I don't know what yeah. they would give up for Paul George. Probably be a mixture of like Culliver, Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, and maybe I don't even know a, draft, a couple future draft picks. See that uh, if I were LA, I'd reject that immediately. You oh I know I know now. they don't really have the stuff to send to him unless they sent Edwards over, which is what they're not going to do because they yeah, love it. No, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I could also see Houston maybe if James Harden gets a little little uppity. Call over, be like, hey, we'll give you James Harden for Kawhi or Paul George. Like, whichever one you don't want, give us. True. I mean, the whole Paul George situation is so weird. This is all hypotheticals here. I mean, honestly, where do you honestly – Pat, do you have anything to add on this before we go to my next question on this? Uh, this upcoming NBA season will be like the first NBA season I watch, so uh, I'm going to sit, sit out of uh, those conversations for a bit. That's going to be doing uh, his research for the corner booth, though. He's committed. I Fair am beyond enough. committed. That's like that's you could be right committed, there. too, by answering Pat's call for support and listening to the corner booth podcast. Buy a shirt on Teespring. Is this where Fair we transition enough. to shameless marketing? Because that is such an amazing T-shirt. The guy who made it and the guy who had that idea, such brilliant minds. Please buy a shirt. Help. The guy who thought of it and made the rough draft is a genius. The guy who kind of just cleaned it up a bit as a hack who just copies other people's ideas but yeah i mean you you fixed out some uh some rough edges with the design um yeah i'll give you credit where credit's due on that yeah stop how self-hating yourself <laughs> hey uh, if but, i wasn't but, a hack we wouldn't have brought in another graphic designer yeah no i i don't care at all. Honestly, I will send every graphic thing your way. One, because you're my co-host. Two, you're my your art, you're my best friend. And three, you gotta earn my trust at this company. I think I I think Ryan like I feel bad. Ryan McCarthy learned that the hard way. I didn't like I didn't give him like any trust or respect for the first month he was there, and I realized how nice of a guy he was. I felt like such a dick afterward. Cause I was so mean to him because I didn't trust him. Because he like, because they're in the whole live stream side. He's like, oh yeah, I might do something called What's on Tap, and I'm like, no. And we we talk, we were talking about this off air, and I felt like such a tool after. I'm like, dude, it's not your fault. I don't trust any new people because so many new people have left in the two and a half years I've been here. So you got to earn it, and Ryan's earned it tenfold. I love Ryan McCarthy. I'm happy he always comes on our live streams and comments, and always listens to our pod. So great fill-in for Sound Off last night. Uh, Oh, answered yes. the call in the 11th hour. What a man. See, now um, I feel bad for not doing it. Pat, you had to work. Buddy, you had to work. You had to yeah, school work. I, I could have done both. Not very effective. Was that project due today? No, the, my professor actually emailed me three hours or two hours after class was over and was like, oh, no, like we're just doing like uh, conferencing this week. So you're doing your presentation Monday. It's like, thanks, man. I could have used that, you know, <laughs> two days ago when I sent you the first email or this morning oh. before class when I emailed you again. But. Oh boy! All right. Um, last question, Kev. Do you think the how where what seating wise realistic though? Like not like mail in where you put the Clippers if they do keep Paul George here. Where do you think they would land in the, in the seating wise? Do you think they're going to be top four or they're going to be on the back back four? I think they're going to be top four. So I think I think it's going to be three or four. I don't think they're going to get the one seed. Oh but, no! Yeah, four or five. I can see four or five because. They're going to rest Kawhi. They're going to rest Paul George. They're not really going to change much. Ty Lue, like Doc Rivers managed personalities. That's how he won a ring with the Celtics. Ty Lue is pretty much the same coach. True. I almost, it, it's going to, the only way I see them falling is if you have like a young upstart team like last year's Denver or La, or, or like even Utah, like a team that's going to just like, is going to be a problem or a Memphis maybe. I'm not going to say like Minnesota because if they make the playoffs, it's going to be like they're going to be the 10th seed. They're going to be eighth seed. Phoenix maybe as well because they're loading up as well. The West is going to be weird this year because the back four is going to be so much more interesting than the front four. The front four is basically locked in. You know the first four teams in. But the back four is going to be so cool because you're going to see all these young teams who have been loading up for two, three years and were so close last year or, or were like my team and basically told their star player, hey, you know that injury? It's a two-weeker. Make it a two-monther. 
We're just going to let the new guy get acquainted with all the bench players, and we're going to tank for the number one overall pick. Genius market. G- genius coaching. How many uh, How many teams make the NBA playoffs? Do they have, uh, like, eight, wild cards? Eight, eight, eight a division. Eight or eight a conference. Okay. So, so they might change uh, that. Oh, there are rumors. They want to go to 16. Just conference doesn't matter. One through 16, best 16 records make it. It could be... Which, like 14 teams from the West and two from the East, which actually would have happened. I think it was one of the Kevin Love years. Yeah, no, it was crazy because I remember complaining about this when I was in high school because the Timberwolves had would have been a fi- the five seed in the East and they were the 10th or 11th seed in the West. That was at the beginning of the LeBron steamrolling the East era. Which was, I think it was like my junior year of high school. I think it was the Ricky Rubio rookie, the year he finally actually came to America. So, um, yeah, the NBA is just weird. All right, MLB news. Dave Dombrowski headed to Philadelphia. Oh boy, the Phillies make it. The Phillies make it easier and easier to be an Eagles fan who doesn't root for any other team in Philadelphia. Like, I root for Phillies. I don't mind the Sixers, but like. God, they make it so much easier to root for my team in Philly because, God, I realize Philly fans have it so much worse. So I, I'm just not a fan of Dombrowski's management style as a GM at all. Gentlemen, you have more experience with the with the lunatic. What do you think? This is going to end horribly. Dave oh, Dombrowski does two things well. Spend a lot of money. Sell the farm system so you can win a ring now. Allegedly, the Phillies don't have any money. Their ownership group has said that. They are letting one of their better players walk after telling Bryce Harper that they were going to spend money for him to get him a ring. And they don't have a farm system. Bryce. Yeah. This is going to end horribly. It's it's a bad move. They're just going to be even more cash-strapped with nothing to show for because they don't have a farm system to trade away. Free Bryce. Also, rip Nashville baseball. True. Um, See, Dombrowski was uh, was with the Sox for a while, right? Yeah, won a ring in 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, who was who was I talking? I can't remember who I was talking to um, about how like the Red Sox did win a World Series in 2018, and then just like last year fell off the face of the earth. They were like, oh, that didn't seem like two years ago. Well, well it's kind of one of those like fall from fame things. It's like how the Patriots are this year. That's what the Red Sox have done, though. Like. 2013, like 2012, they were garbage. They were the worst team in the league, or one of them. 2013, win a ring. 20. Yeah, when they win, it's like it's not a consistency thing. It's more like they catch lightning in a bottle and they run that the whole season. Yeah, pretty Which, much. Honestly, the most seven at the same core. Then 13, they saw David Ortiz and Pedroia from the 017, but everyone else was pretty much gone. Lester might have been there still, but. No, Lester was yeah he no Lester was in Oakland. Was he in Oakland by then? Did they trade? No, because I thought they traded him. They either traded him in 2012 or 2014. Because I remember him for the 2014 playoffs because he was on the Oakland team that lost to KC. So he won 2013 World Series with the Red Sox. Okay. And then 2018 was a whole new group, but 2013 you still had Shane Victorino coming on, Johnny Gomes, David Ross. A Ma- bunch of Jared Sonsalamakia, my dude. And then, um... Mike Napoli. Yeah, Napoli was on that team, but... The human cheat code in 2K Baseball. And then 2018, it was a whole new team. You had J.D. Mm. Martinez. You had... You're welcome. Mookie Betts. You had uh, Chris Sale. Like, whole new squad. David Ortiz was gone. Pedro is was... Still injured because he's been injured for the last decade, it seems. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's still technically on the team, right? He's just like not playing or hasn't played. Yes, uh, recently, like a month ago, they were negotiating a buyout or him retiring, pretty much. Yeah. So it was basically, like, hey, they're they're David writing him. Yeah. Hey, Petey, you can either retire. Or we're gonna buy you out. Those are your options here. Man, makes sense. Which is sad. If if Dustin Pedroia didn't get, I think he has a chance in. 40 years, it will actually be off the ballot by then. But 
I think he has a chance, a very small chance to get in the Hall of Fame. If he didn't get hurt, he would have been in a lock for the Hall of Fame. Oh, one of the best second basemen of our childhood, honestly. Dude was an extra base hit machine. I mean, rookie of the year, MVP, World Series champion, all-star. It's incredible. Uh, Not enough, though, I think. I think he needed a couple more all-stars, a couple more good seasons, but... Yeah. All right, next up, Kev. Who is Nate Oates, and why should I care about him? So... Duke basketball and Alabama basketball has got beef. Two things I never thought – or one thing I never thought I'd say. Nate Oates went – was from Buffalo, coached there, made the final – or made, like, the tournament every year he was in Buffalo, which University of Buffalo is a weird school to make March Madness. So Alabama hired him. Earlier this year, Coach K at Duke said, we need to play basketball. Like, we need to. It's good for the guys. It's it's good. We have to play. Then he lost two non-conference games. He said, I don't know if we should be playing basketball right now, and we're not playing any more non-conference games. And in an interview, Nate Oates said, do you think he would be saying that if they didn't drop their two non-conference games this year? And then the person who asked him the initial question said, no, I I don't think you would. He said, Nate Oates said, yeah, okay, I just want to ask you because I didn't want to be the one to say it. So now people are going after Nate Oates saying he's being ridiculous and a dick and unfair. And I agree with Nate Oates. Honestly, Coach K would not be saying this if he had blown out those two non-conference games. Instead, Duke's like 2-2. Two and two. They're bad. Not bad, but they're not good. Alabama 3-1, roll time. See, I just didn't ever think of uh, Alabama as being, like, decent at basketball. I'll have you know... We have had some good NBA players come out of Alabama. Latrell Sprewell! Latrell Sprewell, Big Shot Bob, Colin Sexton, eighth overall pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers. That would have been the Celtics pick because they got it in the KG Paul Pierce trade. Um, Who else have we had? Former players. Title alumni currently in the end. Jamichael Green. I mean, Mo Williams, another great name, another great guy. Uh, who else? There's a lot. Well, it's, it's not like, it's nothing personal against Alabama. It's just, when I think Alabama, I think football. You know, I, I think of you guys as just an, like an ultimate dominant like football school. I just didn't credit your basketball team. Oh, Kira Lewis. Uh lottery pick this year he spent three two 2018 to 2020 at alabama he was the 13th overall pick and he's still only 19 years old so there you go. we are a basketball school i uh i stand corrected my uh <laughs> my preconceived notions at the university of alabama all righty all right, gentlemen, it's about that time. I didn't do it yesterday. I'm doing it today. Let's crack a six-pack. First off, we got two. It's weird. We're going back to old habits here. We only got two college games this week because, honestly, Kev, I feel bad. We should have thrown Army, Army Navy in there for, for Pat. But they're our house pick. We're all on Army. It's a bonus pick for all of us. We never did a house pick yesterday, though. So as a special bonus, we're gonna do a house pick. So I'm gonna pick it. I'm gonna put a couple up to you guys and see what I'm you guys want. I'm very confused. Jared just said Army okay. was our house pick, but we didn't do house, a house upset. Pick. Sorry, house upset. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, the gears were turning in my head at the same time, Kevin. House pick is new. Then we usually we've done a house upset the last three weeks. But we haven't done a house pick. Well, I mean, we're all taking Army over Navy, right? So help one of you if you choose Navy over Army. It's the house upset. I, isn't it even an upset? No, it's no, no, not. we're saying we're taking the Army-Navy game as the house pick for Army. That's um, a house game. We're, we're going to add an extra point this week because we disrespected Pat by not putting it in our college list. Put some um, Actually, I think Navy is going to... No, I'm just kidding. I know where you live. Pat lives <laughs> within driving distance of me. I don't need him at my door. Brisk walking distance. If Pat, I'm Pat, give me about two and a half hours. I'll hold him down. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like walking there, it'll take close to like an hour and a half, two hours. So you got time. Fair enough. All right. Any nominees you boys want for House Upset before I, I make a nomination? Oh, man. What do you have in mind? I mean, we could do some crazy stuff like uh, Wisconsin. I mean, even though Wisconsin's the favorite over 16 Iowa, so that's really not much of a House Upset. Um, Missouri over Georgia. I think we, we took that we, as funny. That was on our list. We can't do that as our House Upset, Kevin. Uh LSU over Florida. <laughs> Kevin's firing off shit at this point. Listen, if LSU beat, fine, we're doing LSU versus oh Florida because if LSU actually <laughs> beats Florida, I will be the happiest man alive. Cause I hate LSU, but same. I hate, what? I hate LSU, but same. If Kyle Trask throws a stinker out there, I'd be so happy. Uh, or Jeez. UNC over Miami. Yep. Kevin, what was it? Was it last weekend? We were on a like Coach O like deep dive for like three hours. So for those who don't know, uh, we were at Xbox party and I was talking to Pat and our friend Chris, and I was talking about Coach O sleeping with uh, coeds. A lot of coeds. So I just have picture sent them pictures of Coach O in bed with a coed, a picture of Joey Freshwater with two girls at a bar in Tuscaloosa, a picture of Joey Freshwater with the glasses. Coach O with a co-ed, two pictures of Coach O with a co-ed in the pool. And it was just, and then I said two licks. I don't know what these licks are to. Uh, something from a clip of Tosh.0 Tosh. of yeah. Kiffin's Crimson Corner. And then Coach O just saying go Tigers. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're ever, ever curious what, uh, what we do guy. at 2 a.m. on a Sunday morning, it's that. Wow. Yeah, Joey Freshwater, what a hey. guy. That was, that's the picture. Uh, it was yeah. 11.30 on a Saturday, Pat. Come on. Oh, was it? Yeah. I just I remember why. I had to work the next day, and I'm like, man, like, I'm seriously staying up doing my, like, I best Coach O impression. I out, because, like, I don't remember this conversation at all. Yeah. I think it was past your bedtime. No, I think the Miami game just took, like, the stress of watching Texas, tr- thinking Auburn actually might upset Texas A&M, <laughs> took it all out of me. Pat, do you know what Chris's name is in my phone? Um, did you not have his number saved? I have it saved the, now. It was the I other way around. I'm not going to give his last name, but it's Chris Go Fast Eat Ass. I don't know why that's his name in my phone. I just have him as Chunk. I think, I think I still have him as Chris Xbox. Should we have a oh, guest Pat. appearance by Chris and see if he remembers? Yeah. I mean... Me and Chris haven't. I me and Chris have each other blocked on Xbox. That might not be a good idea. Yeah, that's fine. You calling him? Yeah, special appearance. Oh, good lord, Jesus! I'm curious if he's gonna answer. He had his uh, thesis defense yesterday, so he might he might be either celebrating or still tapped from that. I don't think he's gonna answer. I hope he doesn't answer. I cannot come to the phone right now, uh, but if you'd like to leave a message, I will try to get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. I like the idea, though, that he's going to call back in, like, a few hours and just be like, what the fuck? He's going to be a text Hey, Chris, do you know why your name in my phone is Chris Go Fast Eat Ass? Uh, oh, my God. This show, this show has gone real podcast and chill real Hey, quick. we haven't started talking about OnlyFans yet. We can do that, too. No, I'm going to hit you. You think Chris has an OnlyFans? Asking for a friend. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> I mean, I don't either. I'm just curious if he's hustling like that. Hey, Plaxico Burris got an OnlyFans, and I said if he shows the bullet wound, I would <laughs> copy it. <laughs> it's for content. Yeah, dude, anything's content if you try hard enough. That's what I've been saying for so long. Like, you can just make content out of anything. Marketing he wizard Pat Bonnie had a sex tape. He made that content. Dude, so I'm saying, look, like, I was about to say, Cardi, Kim Kardashian made a sex tape with Ray J, added to like the family's fortune. I hit it first might be the greatest, like, oh yeah, the like subtweet or whatever it was. Not even subtweet, just diss track ever. Oh, I thought it was like a subtweet that he did. I'm really confused because our recording just says 2.14, but it's I clicked record at 
like the five minute mark. So I'm really hoping he didn't start recording a half hour into our like a half hour into our show. It's That's... telling me 49:05, and it says you've been recording this whole time. All right, yeah. thank God. All right. All right, same top corner. All right, cool. All right. So first game, as Kevin mentioned, just because he loves driving me nuts about this, we all took Miami over UNC. Kevin's hate on Sam Powell is actually pretty admirable because, like Kevin, I think he's overrated as hell. That offense, yes, is loaded, but they cannot stop a cold, much less a defense opposing offense. Their defense is god awful. Did you Wake say they Forest, can't what, stop a cold? Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Back to the Future? Yeah. Uh, in one of the scenes, Biff, he messes up idioms all the time. It's like, this is why you don't throw stones in a battleship or something. That's what Jared just did. I, uh, it's, I you personally... can't catch a cold. <laughs> it's like, uh, what's it, the other movie, too? Uh, the Boondock Saints, where it's like this, you know, uh, make like a tree and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I hate both of you so much. All right, yeah, so UNC, Miami, in Miami, um, Hurricanes will have fans in the stands. Uh, Hurricanes are smelling blood in the water. They know if they they went out, they might have at least some shot at at least the New Year's Six Bowl. If not, if everyone else screws up, they might get an outside-in chance at, like, so, I don't know, they played exceptional against Duke uh, second quarter on. Um, you know, because they hadn't played in three weeks. I mean, forty-eight nothing's at pretty pretty good for a, against a D one team that honestly kicked their ass last year. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna take Miami here. It's, it's just depends on what Miami team shows up. If the Miami team that showed up against Duke shows up, UNC's done by halftime, <clears throat> or at least middle third quarter because they'll start forcing turnovers. The loss of Al Blades for the season really sucks, but. I think they'll be able to overcome it. They have a lot of good young freshmen who honestly have been playing very well. And uh, their the defense with DJ Ivy and Frierson and that pass rush. And if Jalen Phillips keeps playing like the 2022 top five pick that he is, whoo, we're looking at a serious game here. So, yeah, um, the pass rush is the key for Miami. If they can get after Howell early and keep the running game to a minimum, Miami's got this. Yeah, if Miami loses to UNC, you are never going to hear the end of it from me, Jared, by the way. Yeah, for the love of Christ, guys, seriously, win the damn game. Well, since me and Kevin took the pick with you, uh, there's a strong chance that just the the pick gods are going to go against uh, everything you've hoped and dreamed for in this week's game. Either that or Hal's going to come out and throw like three intercepts. Listen, the weirdest thing Miami is, they're that one team like, they're such a momentum-driven team. So, like, the second the turnover chain comes out, if they have a lead and the chain starts coming out, the, the teams, I swear to God, they, they slap into a new gear. Uh, against Duke, it, like, it went from, like, it was, it, they were struggling. It was, like, 14 nothing, And then they forced a turnover, and it just seemed like the team just played differently. I swear, that's, like, the biggest thing to them. It, like, they start getting the chain out. They start, like, making plays. That defense feeds off momentum. If Sam Howell throws one bad throw, we're, I mean, what, what's the street? He, he hasn't thrown a pick in a couple months, right? Or a couple games? I have no idea. Sam Howell's on, like, some ridiculous streak right now. I'd love if Miami can knock it off. Either way, Miami, I think, is going to pull the win off there. Um, Georgia-Mizzou, I reluctantly took Georgia because the last time I took Georgia, they let me down against Florida. Pat... Mizzou, you took them as your upset. I really want to take them as my upset, too. I honestly hope I take an L here, and Mizzou pulls off the upset. I just don't see it happening. Kevin, yeah, anything else? It was a gut Sorry. feeling for me. No, it's all good. It, it was just a gut feeling for me. Um, you know, it's not that I've watched, like, a lot of Mizzou games, but I just I had that, like, this needs to be your uh, your upset game. Uh, I, I think Georgia is a perfectly average team, and I think... Mizzou's a below-average team, so that's what it's going to come down to. As a resident SEC expert, I would hope to go. I rely on Kevin for most SEC picks, except for um, Arkansas. I can talk about that. Um, you should have listened to me. I told you that was no. dumb. 
I was feeling ballsy. I just hit my upside pick the week before, so I was feeling ballsy. Um, Kansas City, Miami, first NFL game of the week. Um, we all took Kansas City here. I it's got to be one of those weird Kansas City games where they just can't score points for them to lose this. That's that's my like, but they're not the Oakland Raiders, so they're not playing the Oakland Raiders. They're gonna play well, honestly. So I I honestly uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So. I don't see I don't see even if Tua plays balls out or balls out, sorry. I don't I don't see the two actually completely different things that. there. Yeah, I don't yeah, think I, Oh go ahead. Sorry. Even if even if Kansas City can't store, score, Miami doesn't have the firepower to outscore them. It it's just comes down to that. I mean, Tua doesn't have weapons. He has Devontae Parker, that's it. I mean, I mean, you could even throw in like the like Javon, the the ghost of Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson, and still not enough. Uh, you mean Jakeem Grant, the man who dropped a wide open forty I, yard pass that would have been a walk in touchdown? I know. Oh, you mean the same thing happened to Wentz against Baltimore with John Hightower? Listen, it's all over the league this year. Drops are a plenty. Receivers should be put on notice for the lack of hands this year. Yes. Um, as, as good as Miles Gaskin is, though, like I don't think he's gonna. I don't even know if he's playing. I thought he was questionable going into the week, but I don't think he's going to, like, tilt this crazy, like, scale for Miami to kind of outscore the uh, KC offense. There you go. All right. uh, Next up on the list, Kev and I took Oakland. This was Kev's upset pick. Pat took the Colts. Pat, before me and Kev defend our pick, defend yours. Why did you take the Colts on this one? That defense is still just – they're hot. Like, it's, it's striking while the iron's hot. Um, you know, as much as we like to meme on Phillip Rivers, I think he's still a, a better fit, too, for the offense in uh, Indianapolis than he was with um, with the Chargers. And it's just – I feel like it's kind of coming together for that team. So hopefully that they – hopefully they can pull a win out. Fair enough. Kev, I took Oakland because of the two teams that disappointed me the most this year – the Raiders have disappointed me less, so I took Oakland. Also, I just I'm in Las Vegas. I honestly just think also their amount of offensive ex- explosiveness is going to be their key to victory here. Because like yeah, you may shut down Josh Jacobs, but they still have the be- second best tight end in football. Oh, they still have Henry Ruggs and Nelson Aguilar. They still can like they still have speed in the outside. It's not like they're like a one dimensional offense. Where with the Colts, I feel like if you take away their running game, they they basically are like hit and miss on offense. Why did you take uh, the Raiders, Mr. Kevin? I mean, Raiders right now are on the bubble according to NFL.com. They are, if the playoffs started today, they would not be in them, which is weird for an eight and four team when you have the, or a seven and five team rather. But I do think that they need to win the rest of their games to comfortably get in the playoffs. And when they are on top of their game, the Raiders are one of the best teams in the NFL. They beat the Chiefs, for God's sake. I do think that John Gruden's going to light a fire under them and get them to play the way they can the rest of the way to try and get in the playoffs. Fair enough. All right. Steelers-Bills. You guys defend why you took the Bills. The Steelers are – all right. If you look at – I like I know a lot of people will just, you know, who will look at a record for a team, and that's just instantly how they decide that team is. The Steelers are not as good as their record indicates. And I'm glad they picked up that first loss because it, it, it kind of points the needle where it belongs. The, like the defense, sure. The defense is decent. Sure, the offense is decent. And, it's, you know, it's great for them to have, to have Ben back this season and, you know – Claypool, Connor, their whole, they're actually, I will say their their offense is pretty decent regardless, really good. But they are a soft team, and the Bills are just so strong on all sides of the ball. I, I don't see a way that the Bills don't win this game. I think they their defense will dominate, and I think their offense will dominate. Yeah, uh, Bills have one of the better defenses in the league. You can put Tre'Davious White on Chase Claypool; that'll be pretty much a draw at worst for the Bills. And, I mean, Josh Allen's a mobile quarterback. The loss of Bud Dupree is going to hurt them, a, hurt the Steelers a lot in this game. How long is he out for? 
a season, I think. Wow. ACL? Yeah. So, and the Bills are in a similar, even though they're in first in the division, they are in the playoffs, they need to win. They need to win out just in case Miami gets hot. Because if Miami gets hot and wins out, somehow they beat the Chiefs, they win the rest of their games. The Dolphins could easily win this division still. They're 8-4, and four, yeah. the Bills are 9-3. and three. It's a very tight race. I think McDermott's a very good coach. And I think he's going to emphasize that to the team. Like, yeah, we can beat these guys handedly, and we need to. Yeah, um... If the Dolphins have winning the division, I, I swear to God, Kev is going to get send me a text the next morning. I'm still a genius, just to, rem- just to remind you. Because Kev's been calling the Dolphins winning that division since damn April. I think for the free agency show we did, Kev was saying, yeah, the Dolphins are winning the division. And he weathered a little bit when the Patriots got Cam Newton. He's come back to earth. But I've been on the Bills train. I think, though, the reason I picked the Steelers is because I watched them basically battle with the Titans down to the... I mean, I guess I was super hungover. Kevin knows exactly why. Um, But I really looked at how the Steelers played against Pittsburgh, and I looked at how Pittsburgh... I mean, the Steelers played... The Bills played against the Titans. The Titans played... The Titans and Pittsburgh went down to the wire. Whereas Bills versus Titans was just a smackdown on no day's rest. That's my judgment here. That honestly, that game against that team like was like my judging point because I was kind of leaning either way. And I'm like, they've each on like what common opponents, how they played each other. And I'm like, oof. Okay, so the Bills have did not play well against the, the Titans. That may just be a matchup issue. I'm not sure, but either way, I just I I'll take the offense. Buffalo, if they win, I will fully endorse them as a possible top seed in the AFC. But they have not earned that respect from me yet. All right, next up on the list, Ravens-Browns. Y'all both took the Browns. I'll let y'all wait for a second. I took the Ravens for three reasons. One, God, I love to see the I, – I can't stand Browns fans. They are just so obnoxious. They are the worst. The second they smell success, they are almost as annoying as Cowboys fans. And I get it, the long-suffering, but it's like, holy mother of God, shut up. Like, we're America's team. I'm like, no, that's the Buffalo Bills. Like, stop. Um, or no, I, I honestly don't know who America's team is, honestly, because you go everywhere in the country and somebody hates somebody else. Um, Two – I honestly think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just have Cleveland's number. Uh, Cleveland, I think, is going to be rolling a little too high after their win over Tennessee. I think Sunday was a fluke, honestly. They've been playing okay all year, but that was a dominating performance. And I think Tennessee got caught napping, and Cleveland just took advantage. If you watch that game, like I was forced to because it's the only game on, um... Basically, Tennessee just couldn't get the ball rolling on offense, and their defense was half asleep. And the play-action ball with the running game was just killing them. So, uh, And then last, I think Lamar Jackson kind of got his stride back against Dallas. So, yes, it's Dallas, but still. Now, defend your Bills pick. I mean, Browns pick. So I feel like the Browns are going to and hopefully be able to contain Lamar Jackson. Again, this season's Lamar Jackson isn't last season's Lamar Jackson. There's just, there's too much tape on him. There's too much. We, we, the NFL's kind of figured out how to stop Lamar, which sucks to be him, but it is what it is. Um, and the Browns, I think are going to come off with that momentum um, against the win uh, against Tennessee, just an absolute domination on the Browns part. Uh, I also don't see a way that the, Ravens can stop the run that uh, the run game that Cleveland has with uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I I don't really see the way a, a way that the that the Ravens can pull in on this one. Yeah, I mean the Ravens last year had all this firepower and were really good, and this year like teams are just showing an ability to slow them down. Stop. I mean they lost to the Patriots for God's sake. Which it pains me to say that that's like a low point for a team, but it's 
it is what it is. I think the Browns, they came out firing on all cylinders last week. Titans kind of came back, but I think that's, so they're not going to be riding that high because they allowed the Titans to come back. I think this week they're going to come back even stronger. They're going to hold a lead because the Browns don't go up 38 to seven on anyone. And they're like, we can do this. So defense, step it up. Don't let them score 35 or 32 unanswered points or 28. Whenever they scored that field goal. Uh, yeah, it's Browns, which is weird to pick the Browns over the Ravens. 2020, man. Just a weird game. Yeah, it, it's like sand coming out of my mouth this year, but I think the Browns are pretty decent. All righty. Um, so our gimmies and upsets. Kev, obviously you took your boys this weekend over Arkansas. Please, for the love of God, smack the daylights out of Felipe Franks. Kev, um, Mr. Pat took the Titans to bounce back against Jacksonville. I hope to God Derrick Henry goes off because I need to win out basically to make the fantasy playoffs. Um, and my upset pick was the Minnesota Vikings over the Buccaneers. Basically, the Bucs have struggled teams that can run the football and control the clock. And their defense, they've, they've been a hot, they've been honestly played very well since they got rid of Ngakwe. No correlation, but since they traded him, I think they've only had two losses. So give me a uh, Vikes on the upset here. Kev, you got something weird for me? Yes. What If you were to make up a sport, what is the bougiest sport you can make up, you can think of? Water polo. Make Underwater up. basketball. It does not, okay, underwater basketball. Okay. Basket weaving. Um, sorry. Um, hoverboard golf. How about a transatlantic yacht race? Wow. Oh, hell yeah. Because there are conflicting reports, but according to one place I saw, the first transatlantic yacht race took place today in 1866. It was in 1866, $30,000 per yacht. What? Apparently two people entered because it was a winner-take-all pot, and the final spot won $60,000, or about $10 million today. So $5 million to enter, you could maybe win ten. Wow. Put on by the New York City Yacht Club. It, it, was, it was crazy. I'm looking for who won. How much was the buy-in, and in what year was it again? $1,866, $30,000. Oh, That's the crazy. dude who did well, Captain Bully Samuels, was one of the guys in it, an old-school Clipper captain who had risen to fame as commander of the transatlantic packet Dreadnought. Uh, Samuels had commanded the ship throughout the glory years, terrorizing crew with a fist of iron and two pistols. <laughs> He had spent time in jail for desertion in Mobile, Alabama. It, it was just a wild time. So yeah, transatlantic yacht races are a thing, boys. It's uh, how do I get good at that? Do I just have to one be born like super wealthy, learn how to like do yacht stuff, and then so just enter in that? Step one, be white. So you got yeah. that down. Okay. Well, thankfully, I'm extremely that. Step two, uh, be very rich. Okay, well, I'm not very that, so. So I think there's, I think there's still a thing. I don't know if the prize is ten million dollars. So they are still a thing, apparently. Do you think, like, sponsors would be able to help us out there? Like, if we hit up, like, Manscaped, Kong Beer Bong, uh, and, like, pretty much anyone else, we're like, hey, sponsor us in this transatlantic yacht race. Uh, we'll put, like, a big logo on the side of uh, our, our yacht. True. So, yeah, yeah there's something. Uh, kick off from Newport, Rhode Island. Of course. 
Yeah, Newport, yeah. Rhode Island. Makes and it sense. ends in Coes, Cows, I don't know, it's Cows with an E in C-O-W-E-S, England. The 2019 edition was the slowest on record. Because I think they all realize how much of a joke this was. 23 days, one hour, and 37 minutes. Imagine trying to take time off from work to do that. And, like, a, like a, your normal job, being like, hey, like, I have a transatlantic yacht race to do. Um, I'm going to need the whole month off. Well, I'm going to need a month and a half off to get there and back, I guess. Well, I, I would definitely, if I were rich enough to own a yacht and I was doing that, I would say, all right, you guys, sail this back. I'm catching a plane. See you at home, boys. But also, <laughs> if you if you have a yacht and can do a transatlantic yacht race, you probably don't need to work. Or you're a CEO and you could just take the time off and no yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. Like, that hey, is... I'm gonna take a month and a half off to do this yacht race. No, like we can't give you that. All right, then I quit. Bye. <laughs> I'm taking All right. absence. Or you work for Daddy's company; it'll give you the time off anyway. Like, there you go. All right, let's kick that smooth jazz. It's time for last call. No Motley Crew riff this week. We're all mellow. So, gentlemen, um, some sad news. A Hall of Fame-level NFL career possibly ended today. Uh, Jason Peters announced he's having season-ending surgery on his foot. So his career possibly – his definitely his career with the Philadelphia Eagles, but most likely his NFL career is over. A Hall of Fame left tackle, multiple-digit Pro Bowls, all pro at least twice, three times maybe – uh, official statute in front of me. Either way, nickname the bodyguard, maybe one of the best nicknames in sports. Left tackle for Philadelphia, as long as I can remember, I think at least as long back as Donovan McNabb. He's blo- he, this man is blocked for McNabb, Kevin Cobb, Michael Vick, Nick Foles twice, um, Sam Bradford, Mark Sanchez, and Carson Wentz, and he even blocked for Jalen Hurts as well and Nate Sudfeld. What a career. Arguably one of the top top five, top ten greatest left tackles of all time. He looked very slow this year. Was playing, tried to play guard first a lot. Gave his all. I, I will, as much as I ripped him for his, his ability this year, the man, honestly, is a legend and arguably, besides John Runyon, the greatest left tackle in Eagles history. So, um... Great career, Jason Peters. Thank you for what you've done for every Eagles quarterback and running back and receiver on offense and what you have been as a person, as a blocker, and as a person who played left tackle in high school, as a role model of how to be one of the best in the game. So um, little uh, salute to Jason Peters as one of the better O-linemen of our generation. His career probably ended today. So it's just... It, it, it's sad, but, you know, it's what happens when you get old, up there in age. Yeah, it's got to be hard to play at the age of 38. But, I mean, good good career, so I'm sure the Eagles organization will miss him. Drafted as a tight end out of Arkansas, by the way. Not even as a tackle. Wow. No, undrafted as a tight end out of Arkansas. Converted to left tackle, and that's how he got his, his get thing in the NFL. So... That, that reminds me of uh, Boris Diaw. He was signed or drafted, I forget, as a guard. And then he put on, like, 70 pounds and ended up playing center by the end of his career. <laughs> Sports is the weirdest thing. You can just find ways to reinvent your body, and you honestly can play forever. Um, yeah, so that's about it for me. Um, I was going to actually ask you boys. Actually, no, you know what? No. So I'm going to ask you boys quick. As we're going to... It is the holiday season. Uh, has the tree behind me. With a lovely uh, fake tree that I always hang up every year with my Christmas lights around my room. What are your boys' top three favorite Christmas movies? Top three. Oh, it could be a short... I, I'm putting you on the spot here. I, I, that was the whole point of this. I kept this one in the back chamber. <laughs> if, you, if you want, I will go first. Yeah, I'm on you a minute. Better. All right, so for mine. Me, oh, Kev, Kev, you want to go first? Volunteer. Sure. Let's go. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town because I love sending Pat the deleted scene that is essentially an acid trip. Every year. 
every year. year. Please send that to me this year because I need to see this now. I've already sent it to Pat, but I'll find it and send it to you. Um, All right. I love Elf. No, Scrooged. Scrooged. Scrooge is two with Bill Murray and then Die Hard. All right. Okay. Um, I have one honorable mention is Die Hard. It is a Christmas movie. If you say it isn't, you suck. Another honorable mention is Iron Man 3. That is also a Christmas movie by the same logic that Die Hard is. Um, But what did you say? That is not the same logic. Similar logic. Takes place at Christmas. Um, part of it does, but like that's like saying Harry Potter is a Christmas series because they have a Christmas. <laughs> I that lot. That's that's the worst though. So I will give you that, but it's an honorable mention only because it's kind of semi not considered a Christmas movie. Either way, it takes place during Christmas. Like the I know, I, I I get it. All right, number three is um, you got Santa Claus. Uh, inside joke in my family, my sister and I are referred to as Snow Miser and Heat Miser because I love my room at about. 45 degrees Celsius while I sleep, while she loves hers at about 85 degrees. No, 45 Celsius? degrees Fahrenheit. While she loves her at about 70 to 85. I love cold weather. She does not. Um, number two is um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Arguably one of my favorite mo- Christmas. Like I, I love anything with like those old like the family vacation movies, any of that stuff. But Definitely one of my favorite scenes is the uh, the Christmas tree scene where he walks out with the chainsaw and the hockey mask and tells his neighbor where he's going to shove his Christmas tree. I quote that multiple times a year. And then uh, number one for me is the Peanuts Christmas. That scene at the end of the movie where they light up the Christmas tree and start singing, Hark the Herald, the angels sing. I lose my shit every year. I can't figure out why. Maybe it brings back my childhood. I'm not sure. But Peanuts Christmas is like the kickoff for Christmas for me. And screw you, Apple, for making it ridiculous as hell to get a hold of it. So um, I have a DVR for Monday, thank God, and I will be the happiest man alive when I get to watch it. I've, the only one I've watched this year so far is You're the Santa Claus. I'm probably going to watch National uh, Christmas Vacation probably tomorrow at some point. So it is, this is my favorite holiday also, so Christmas is just big to me. But, Pat, what you got? Pat, before you go, I'm sorry. I would like to point out, Jared said he likes his room at 45 degrees Celsius, which is 113 (laughs) degrees Fahrenheit. And his sister likes hers at 85 degrees Celsius, which is 185 degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, sorry. And Jared, spell Fahrenheit. (laughs) Screw you. Pat, what you got? No. Literally screw off. I'm deleting this. I got, uh... I got coming in at number three, The Grinch. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I always view, like, The Grinch before he has that, like, change of heart, like a coward. He's a very relatable character, just like, let me live off on my own, screw all these people. I can kind of respect that in The Grinch. So he comes in uh, to my number three slot. Number two, A Year Without a Santa Claus. Uh, you know, just a, one of those, like, childhood movies I grew up with, and it's just all nostalgia. And coming in at number one, uh, die Hard, uh, absolute uh, gigantic Christmas movie. Nothing like watching action um, in an office party gone wrong. So those, those are my top three. Uh, after being put on the spot like that, I was in no way prepared to have to, to make that list today. But it is December 11th, so I guess we're, we're in that season. Uh, I have a question. Do you guys know or remember the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold? Excuse me. Do do you like it? I'm not making a joke. Is this like a Berenstein Bears thing, where like uh, we're gonna get Mandela affected? No, it's a real thing. Like I watched it as a oh, kid. I've never uh, heard of it. Let me find a brief summary. An Irish sailor is stranded on an island full of leprechauns and soon finds himself aiding them in protecting their gold from a greedy hag. That's a Christmas movie? Uh, allegedly, it's the leprechaun's Christmas gold. Oh, okay. Wait, is it gold that he got on Christmas, or...? It's the leprechaun's gold. Okay. And it's just, it happens to be on Christmas, is when the movie takes place. Pretty much... Okay, so it has the die-hard parameters of being a Christmas movie. Yes, but it has Christmas in the title, at least. 
Christmas in Killarney is a song from that opening song. Wait, I Philip actually heard Barney this before. shoes. I is heard like this before. Kev, you brought this up last year. <laughs> Did I? Yes. It's just weird. I, because I remember, I think it was some, it was either me, Savannah, or Cruz, or somebody we had on the show was so weirded out by this. I was like, what the hell? I think it was Savannah. Okay. I'm listening to Christmas in Killarney now. Oh, All right, folks. That about wraps it up today for Podcast and Chill Round 4. I am your host, Jared Klim, alongside marketing wizard, Mr. Pat Donahue, and our good boy, Mr. Darth Kev. We will catch you guys on Tuesday for another edition for booth. And have a good weekend. Take a tree. Watch some football. Have a beer. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.